Hello and welcome to iPhone Life Podcast. I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher of iPhone Life Magazine. I'm Connor Carey, feature web writer of iPhone Life Magazine. And I'm Sarah Kingsbury, senior web editor of iPhone Life Magazine. Each week, we bring you the latest Apple news, top tips, best gear, things we learned, how-tos. We got a really awesome episode this week. Connor and I both have our iPhone 10s, uh, and so... We're really excited to give you our hands-on first impressions of them. We got them last week, so we've had a week to mess around with them, and we're going to tell you all about them. Uh, First, before we get started, though, I want to tell you about our sponsor, CaseBuddy. So CaseBuddy has a line of cases, as you would expect, and these are not cases for your iPhone, but they're cases for... Uh, they have a case for the Apple Watch. They have a case for your AirPods, your EarPods, and they have actually a case. What I'm holding up here is for the Magic Mouse. That's, that would be the mouse that comes with your Mac. And what I've learned from talking to all of our sponsors is just what a difference it makes buying from a company that's passionate about their products versus a company that is not necessarily as dedicated to the manufacturing process. So these line of cases, we'll link to them for you guys. Go to iphonelife.com slash podcast. But they're really affordable, but you but you also get really high quality. So they have, they're made from ballistic nylon, and they have high quality zippers. So it's one of those things where when you go on Amazon, you can see a lot of different options for things like this. Um, this one is affordable and high quality, uh, small business owner in the United States. So I definitely recommend checking them out. Uh, and next up, we're going to talk to you guys about iPhone Life tip of the day. If you aren't subscribed, make sure you go do so because it's free and it's awesome. And every day we tell you something new that you can do with your iPhone. And these are the two people responsible for creating it. Yay! <laughs> um, so Connor, I think you're going to tell us about your favorite tip from this week. Yes. My favorite tip this week is an iOS 11 tip and it's how to view battery suggestions on your iPhone to improve your battery life. Um, something that people are always looking for is making that battery life last longer. And with iOS 11, if you go into settings and then tap battery, your iPhone will actually suggest things you can do mm-hmm. to you. Um, if nothing's showing up, that means your iPhone doesn't have any suggestions. But you might see reduce screen brightness or um, change your background app refresh setting or it's really helpful yeah this is one of my favorite additions from ios 11 and i i've been a little critical about ios 11 i don't know if you guys have noticed but this is really a great addition and they they've done this in a number of areas using it's a great use of artificial intelligence to actually find ways that you can improve it so they they do it in battery they also do it with storage so now it makes recommendations for the best way to free up storage and it actually some makes it easier for you to do it with storage where they'll have like it within that they'll have a button so for example for storage one of the things for me is i always have a lot of people text me images or whatever and i always have a lot of images and gifs and things like that in my text messages and you can just go delete all those with one button in storage now so So both for storage and battery those are two of like the biggest pain points and so that's really nice for it's a nice addition yeah yeah the storage one is definitely one of my favorites yeah absolutely 
All right, so next up, we are going to tell you about iPhone Life Insider. Uh, iPhone Life Insider is our premium subscription. So when you subscribe to iPhone Life Insider, you get a daily video tip, you get a digital subscription to iPhone Life Magazine, you get access to our archive of over 800 video tips. We've made over That's 800 amazing. video How tips, guys. How is that even possible? A lot of hard work. <laughs> <laughs> I have been here over two years now, so it's like, all right, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. How, how I feel many like I've written that like, much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in addition to that, you get access to our in-depth guides. We've just come out with our productivity guide, which mm. is amazing. So our productivity guide is... Uh, Basically, it's all the apps that you use on a daily basis that you know you're not using that well, such as uh, the calendar app, the reminders app, things like that, which are there's all sorts of tips and tricks, and we walk you through all of it. Yeah. Uh, and you get to email and ask our editor iPhone and iPad-related questions, and our editor Sarah will answer them. So <laughs> yep. what was your favorite question from this week? Um, this is a question from someone who's having trouble responding with text messages from his lock screen. Uh, so this is what he says. Both me and my wife have the iPhone 8 Plus phones. I have lost the ability to respond with text from the lock screen when someone calls. It still shows up if my phone isn't locked, but it's not there when it's locked. How do I get this function back? It's still there on my wife's phone. Hmm. So um, it's pretty simple, actually. Uh, what you have to do is you have to open the settings app, and then you go to, if you have... Um, an iPhone 8 or earlier, you go to Touch ID and Passcode. If you have the iPhone 10, you go to Face ID and Passcode. And you just scroll down to Allow Access When Locked, and you make sure that Reply With Message is toggled on. Um, somehow in his settings, maybe that got turned off by accident. So just toggle it back on, and you will be able to respond with a message from your lock screen. And uh, I heard back from him, and this worked. And also, he success. Said he hadn't been able to do this for two years. Oh, so don't wait two man. years. Email me right away. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, that's one of those things where what's really convenient when you get a new phone is that it imports all your old settings, and that's really convenient yeah. until you've accidentally messed something up years ago, and it just keeps getting passed forward to each new phone. Uh, if you would like to kind of start fresh with all of your customization and settings, you can actually go into settings, general, and reset your settings. Now, be careful not to reset your content and erase your phone. <laughs> uh, but you can do that if you'd like. And we, every once in a while in the office, do it because we do so many tips and tricks. We're always modifying all of our different settings. And sometimes yeah. it's like you forget some of the stuff and then your phone's doing weird things. So it, it might be a good idea to do. Uh, the downside is if you have a bunch of customizations that you want, you have to go reset them up. Right. Yeah, but that sometimes when you transfer your settings plus update the version of iOS, um, like little bugs can be introduced. So if, if you know, like rebooting your, your iPhone doesn't fix your problems and there's some kind of bug that's driving you crazy, this can often fix it. But it is a big step because you will have to recustomize everything. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. Complaints and learnings. You well, guys did ready? We want to talk about. Uh, we heard back from some listeners okay. about the our um, the pre order episode you guys did Yay. last time. Yes. Um, so the first one is, I love your tips and all you do to help with our Apple products. 
I Thank you. <laughs> I purchased the iPhone 10 at midnight last week and was thinking to myself as I paid my bills and made purchases using my thumbprint on the home <laughs> button that this will go away with the 10 model. Can you tell us if our Touch ID accounts will all revert back to tapping in the long passwords that I have come to hate? The Touch ID feature was one of my top reasons for getting the iPhone 6 and eventually 7 Plus, but now I'm afraid I just lost those features with the new iPhone. Any thoughts? No. You don't lose those features. It's actually pretty easy the new way it's done. Um, you simply, instead of using your thumbprint, at some point it's going to ask you to pay, and you just double-click the side button, and then it's going to look at your face. And so it's really just as easy, I think. Yeah, we're going to get into this, actually, to some degree with the uh, we're, our hands on review. Yeah. But Face ID replaces Touch ID, and uh, it, spo- spoiler alert, it's awesome. Yes. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get into this more later, but don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, here's kind of a complaint about from someone. I have the ideal iPhone combination, and you didn't even mention it in the winter edition of the magazine. Why did you not mention the Mophie battery case? I have an iPhone 7 Plus 128GB with the Mophie battery case and have had wireless charging from day one. This is the best combination for an iPhone in my estimation. The price difference for an 8 or 10 series and their new features do not justify upgrading to them at this time. I already have the best iPhone you can buy. (laughs) I'm pretty sure we have a Mophie case in our in our buyer's guide for the uh, winter edition. And also we will there will be one in the really epic buyer's guide we will be publishing just after Thanksgiving. And um, also one of the things that we try to do is, one, test out all of the products. All of the products in the magazine we have had, used, tested. So, you know, maybe someone had tried it, and so they wanted to try something else. You know, it's going to change and evolve. Yeah, it's hard to get our hands on everything, but I agree this is a great combination. Yeah. I mean, if you don't want to upgrade, especially, like, I don't feel like the 8 is really worth an upgrade from the 7, then, yeah, this is a great idea. And if you're a power user who, you know, needs that battery case, um, the Mophie battery with the wireless charging, and we'll link to the specific one I think that uh, this reader is talking about, um, is a great idea. Yeah, and we definitely have covered Mophie a lot. We give them a lot of love. They're, they are a very strong company. They create great products. I will say that I've personally tested their cases with mixed results. Uh, I love the battery caseness of their battery cases, uh, but I found at times that having a battery case, and in particular with theirs for whatever reason, it's somehow, because it's thicker and it's the back is kind of blocked, mm. it can hurt the reception on my phone, which actually makes my phone drain faster, right. which then I have a battery case to make it up for that, but it, it it's tricky. And so actually what yeah. I tend to do is not use a battery case, but carry around a little mini portable battery with me a with idea. a little cable in my pocket. And then my phone's slim and I have a portable battery when I need one. So yeah. there's a lot. We so always appreciate recommend. Yeah, with go ahead. Battery cases, which is if you leave a battery case on your iPhone all the time, um, because it's so thick and because it's charging constantly, it can cause your iPhone to overheat and it can damage your iPhone's battery, which will shorten the life 
of your batteries. So mm. I don't recommend keeping a case on all the time. Now, the over overheating is certainly a concern. Most battery cases, you and Mophie is definitely this, you actually have a power button on the case to start it from to mm-hmm. start it to charge. And it's for that exact reason nice. that it's not good for the phone to be constantly charging. So if you do have a battery case on, uh, I mean, certainly be cognizant of whether or not it's overheating, but also let your phone go down before you turn so about on. about 40%. Okay, 40% is the recommendation before you turn it on. And that helps a lot with this problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, definitely thank you for the feedback. Listeners, do we have any other listener feedback? That's it. Okay, well, make sure you send us feedback this week of other recommendations that you have that we might have left off our buyer's guide coverage uh our buyer's guide is out now uh our magazine and we also as sarah's alluding to have a digital version of it that's massive and it's awesome and it's free so we'll link to it in the podcast and it's it should be is it live now or is it going to be live live now so i won't be linking to it in the podcast okay (laughs) promises (laughs) but if you subscribe to our weekly newsletter i will try to have it live in time for that there you go and if you're subscribed to the tip of the day you're also subscribed to the weekly newsletter so go to iphonelife.com slash daily tip subscribe to both and you'll see it when it comes out all right, so I want to take a minute to tell you guys about our second sponsor, Tablift. Uh, if you have an iPad or you're getting an iPad for Christmas or you know somebody who has an iPad, Tablift is amazing. It's a really unique product, and everybody who has an iPad has to own it, in my opinion. <laughs> um, I have it. I use it all the time. Basically, the way it works is uh, most cases especially folio cases angle your tablet so it's kind of angled away from you which is perfect if you're sitting up but in my opinion uh what makes a tablet so good is it's perfect for consuming content especially kind of casually if you're lounging on the couch or you're lying in bed and you want to read your email or browse the web or do whatever and for that if you're lounging or or reclining in any way you want your uh tablet to be facing kind of that angle away from you side comment here uh we have a video version of the podcast and an audio version so if you're watching the (laughs) video version you're seeing my elaborate hand motions to describe this if you're not uh Sorry, (laughs) but you can get the general idea, basically. If you are listening to the audio version of it and you do want to listen to the video version, there's two ways to do that. Go to iphonelife.com slash podcast, and we have a link to the video version. We also now have the video version in iTunes uh, in the podcast app, so you can search iPhone Life podcast video. You have to make sure you put the word video in it so it comes up. Uh, So... Anyway, Tablet is a great solution for anybody who has an iPad, especially if they want to use it from a reclined position. Uh, We'll link to it in our our article, iphonelife.com slash podcast, or you can look for it on Amazon. It's sold on Amazon, and I love it. And basically how it works is there's four legs, and so there's basically it kind of goes around your body. Sarah's having trouble with her, <laughs> her phone today. Sorry about the noises here. Yes. Um, so there's a feature where you can set certain contacts to be able to contact you, even if you have Do Not Disturb on. And um, I'm receiving sword. text messages from one of those people. I apologize. <laughs> with a very elaborate text message ringtone, I might add. So some extra tips and tricks for you there. <laughs> um, okay. So four legs. 
two legs on either side so when you're reclining it, it holds that tablet at the perfect position make sure you check it out at iphonelife.com podcast all right moving right along to complaints and learning i got one complaint for you sarah no <laughs> uh i'll let you guys go first connor what's your complaint slash learning this week it was i think it's both a complaint and learning because when i set up my new iphone first of all i had some trouble there which david helped me resolve talking to verizon and all that mm-hmm. so after like two hours it was finally set up i was so happy i got in my car go to play music and it's all gone all the music all of it. Oh no! I, I, everything but Beyonce because I bought her album. So I was just so like, you were having trouble with Apple panic. Music. I just want to I want to clarify. It was Apple Music you're having trouble. It was with. Apple Music, not not Spotify. <laughs> For those of you I who want to punch <laughs> you right now. For those of you who don't listen regularly, Connor and I had a debate <laughs> about what was better, Apple Music or Spotify, last week. So that's why I'm giving. To her be hard fair, time. this is because of the ecosystem. Yeah, I'm just like okay. Go ahead. Go anyway, ahead. Anyway, so I. Luckily, thought rationally, mm-hmm. went into settings, tapped music, toggled show Apple Music off and back on, and everything was okay. Oh, it, wow. It okay. all showed back up. It was all resolved, and I could breathe easy. <laughs> 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 like, it almost ruined the day, and then mm-hmm. I was like, it's okay. It's all good. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how just, like, turning a setting on and off can sometimes make it work? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, and it's a that's a really good point to remember, like, if you're having trouble, try that first. I would say like 80% of the time it fixes the issue. Yeah. Second of all, restart your phone. We say this yes. a lot. And third of all, if you don't, if you're not an insider subscriber, I mean subscribe, but also <laughs> just Google it. I'm so surprised how few people just like Google it because it's usually yes. usually somebody else's encounter and will have a fix for you and it's a really easy way to problem solve. Yep. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay. What, did you do your complaint? I do have a complaint. This is more of like a, a broader complaint because I actually wasn't personally uh, affected by it. <laughs> but Apple's keyboard bug where the oh, eye wasn't right. showing up. Did you guys see I this? Did, I, I did have that. Have that yeah. You had it? Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, my girlfriend had it. I saw it all across the web. Everybody trying to like post on Facebook and things funny. like that. And so basically what happens is... In one of the versions of iOS 11, when you type the letter I, it converts it to a capital A, and then like I don't a know weird a symbol. weird little symbol question that looked it looked like a barcode to me. There, it sometimes would be question mark box, sometimes it'd be barcode. It's weird. It was really bad. I mean, <laughs> it's a phone. Like the most important things for a phone are to be able to make calls and send text messages, and when you can't type a letter in the alphabet. It's really bad. So I've been, I love (laughs) Apple. I've been a fanboy of Apple for a very long time, but I've been really kind of upset about all of the different bugs that are coming up with iOS 11. So thankfully it's fixed if you are still having this trouble. I'm actually having it on my iPad. I forgot to mention that. I did have it on my iPad. I, if you still have this problem, go up di- upgrade your operating system to yes. the latest one and it will be fixed. Mm-hmm. But Apple, get it together. Mm-hmm. Test these things before you release in the wild. I know it's really hard and there's always bugs, but it seems particularly bad this well, time that's, around. That's just it. There's a huge beta group that goes on for such a long period of time before the public uh, release. So I think that creates even more of an expectation that it's going to be better when it comes out. Mm-hmm. But iOS 11 has been, like, the buggiest. Yeah. 
like yeah, I think so. version of iOS in since years. Like since iOS 8. Since iOS, I mean, iOS 7, I think, was yeah. super buggy. But what, part of what's frustrating is iOS 11 isn't a massive upgrade. So, like, with iOS 7, they redid one. the whole <laughs> thing. And so yeah. you'd expect a few more glitches here and there. With iOS 11, it was refined polishing things that you wouldn't expect to break the keyboard. Right. Um, so that was a big complaint this week. Um, Sarah, you have one? I have a learning and a complaint. Okay. So my learning is that if you have contacts who um, can override your do not disturb and you are doing something where you still don't want them to disturb you, you can put your phone in airplane mode. <laughs> <laughs> so... And then you also, if you know that you should do that, you should remember to do that. So that's what I learned. I mean, it, it actually is a really good tip because I do the same thing all the time where I'll put my phone in Do Not Disturb and forget that there's like all sorts of exceptions with Do Not Disturb. Right. Most of the time it's fine, but if you really don't want your phone to go off, either go really tweak your Do Not Disturb to make sure that doesn't happen. But then you have the problem of if you get emergency phone calls, you don't want to miss them. Right. So airplane right. mode really is the best way to avoid your phone going off. <laughs> Right, just remember to turn that off. Yes, after. remember to turn that off. After. Okay, and then I have a complaint from an insider named Dean, um, which is there's really no way to know unless you check your screen whether you are out of range with your Apple Watch from your iPhone. Oh. And so he doesn't like just having to look for that teeny little like red phone symbol mm -hmm. with a slash through it. Right. And he would really like it if Apple would make his watch tap his wrist when he steps out of range of his iPhone. That would be a really good feature. Yeah, I totally be. agree. So, good job, Dean. Good mm -hmm. job, Dean. Okay, um, let's talk about apps and gear, and then get into our iPhone hands-on review. Who, who wants I'll to go, go first? first? All right. So I'm actually wearing my gear. Um, this is the 12 South relaxed leather case with the card slots so relaxed so relaxed <laughs> it will get more and more relaxed uh -huh. uh, with more and more love and time um yeah i really i love 12 south first of all i'm a yeah, huge great. fan of theirs and something that i noticed as i've been trying on a lot of different iphone 10 cases is most of them are adding an an amount of bulk that i am not happy about I prefer protection that's also like snug. And this is the first one I found that it feels really natural. It, it has like the perfect little extra lip. I, I'm in love with it. It's the first case that I've put on here that I've really been satisfied with so far. It is really nice. And I, I do like this cases where you can just throw up one or two cards in there and you don't yes. have to carry a wallet. So nice. <laughs> uh, I am also wearing mine. This nice. is the Catalyst case. Nice. So for those of you listening to the podcast regularly, you'll know I'm kind of new to the world of cases. I've gone years without putting a case on my phone. And now, disc, disc. well, now with iPhone 10, I have to do so. Uh, so this case, I'm happy because it's similar to what you're saying. It's the right level of bulk where mm -hmm. it feels protective, but it's not over the top bulky. I like how the back is clear. If you're watching the podcast, you can see I'm holding it up and it's clear in the back. Um, I also like, at first I didn't know that if I liked it or not, but, uh, you can see here on the side, it has this little spinny wheel thing. Basically <laughs> what that is, is, uh, for the silent button, it can be really hard to get to it in cases. Right. So this is really easy to silence and unsilence your phone with it. Uh, it's easy to t ha take the um, take the case on and off my phone, which is a underappreciated feature of a case 
because often at night when you have to charge it, if you have a dock and you don't have the the new Qi pad yet, which I'm working on, uh, <laughs> you have to take it off. So I've been happy with it. Nice. Cool. Sarah? Um, I have an app, and it's possible that we um, have covered this app before, but I'm on a mission to make everyone get it. <laughs> and also, it's a really useful app this time of year. Uh, it's called Venmo. Mm, nice. And, love Venmo. Right. And so it's basically you can hook it up to your credit card or your bank account, and then if you go out to lunch with someone and right. they cover you, you can Venmo them the money. Or, you know, like my parents are on the same cell phone plan as me, and then my mom just Venmos me the money for her share of the plan. Or, you know, my daughter calls me from college and she's like, send cash. <laughs> so I just Venmo it to her, and it's great. And mm -hmm. um, there's lots of times when I wish someone would have Venmo so I could just Instead of yes. going and getting cash or writing a check, you know, like, mm -hmm. and it's really easy. You can keep the cash in your account, which I'm sure Venmo loves because they probably get interest on that. Or you can transfer it to your bank account. It's free if you just have it hooked up to your bank account. There is a charge if you have it hooked up to your credit card. Although now that they have introduced um, the ability to use Venmo at certain stores, hmm. um, if you use your credit card for those merchants, there won't be a charge. Hmm. Yeah, Sarah and I were talking the other day and we were both laughing how we both had sat our parents down and forced them to sign up for Venmo. <laughs> it has transformed my relationship with my parents. That's amazing. Uh, and there's a lot of different apps out there that do similar things. PayPal, Square yes. Cash, there's a bunch of others. Uh, you know, the Apple iMessages now has... Yeah. Has the cash Snapchat in. allows it. Snapchat Facebook allows, it. allows yeah. it. Yeah. Now, the problem with that is then you have to have all of them set up and you have to be set up right. with all of them. So I think as a society, we should all just agree to use Venmo. I use right. PayPal. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, as a I, podcast group, we should all agree, Connor. <laughs> I, I feel like PayPal is a good one for commercial transactions, really. Yeah. But And Venmo is actually owned by PayPal. Mm -hmm. um, but Venmo yeah. is really set up for personal transactions, and PayPal is really more set up for commercial transactions. Though they do allow personal transactions, just to be Yes, yeah, so you can do both on either one. Venmo, unless it's like, a, 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 like a, one of the merchants that they're working with directly, you know, if you're selling something on Craigslist and they Venmo you the cash and then take it back, you don't have as much recourse as you would if you use the PayPal app. Mm. So I didn't even yeah. know you could take back a, a Venmo transaction. Apparently you can. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. um, the reason why I do like Venmo over PayPal is I just find the user interface to be easier. It's really quick and easy to send people money. I find it easier to find them. Uh, PayPal, it's like I have to know which email address it's yeah, linked to, true. and it's annoying. So I do think Venmo is the best. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Connor. It's okay. It's all right. I'm not invested. All right. So let's get to our main feature, hands-on review of the iPhone 10. Yay! Bum, bum, yay. Bum. So Connor and I both have the iPhone 10. Sarah, yours is ordered but not in. Is it's that what's going on? ordered. Oh, man. But you do intend to order it, yes? I do, but then I feel conflicted about it. I go through this every year and end up getting my new phone in, like, February. Yeah, it <laughs> happens. So Sarah will be moderating and asking us questions. So my first question, and this is referring back to some of the listener feedback we got, how's it going with Face ID? Awesome. I almost swore that's how awesome it's going. <laughs> uh, I've been really happy. 
I will elaborate more, but Connor, you're, you're, are you yeah. in agreement so far? No, I agree. I really, really like it. So what was the setup like? Um, so setup was super easy. You would basically, you hold the phone up and it has you like look in, you move your head in a full yeah. circle. It sets it up really quick, easy. It's kind of a fun process. And I, to be honest, I was apprehensive of this. This was one of the Me things too. that I was actually concerned about. So yeah. I wasn't inherently like primed to like it because Touch ID has gotten really smooth and easy to use. Right. And I was when Touch ID first came out, it was glitchy. Right. And so I was expecting the same here, but it's a really polished feature. I'm really impressed. Like, there are certain things that I'm sure they talked about in the announcement, but I kind of missed and was worried about. Like, does it work in the dark? Like, it works in the dark when I have a hat and sunglasses on. And I don't know why I have sunglasses on in the dark, but it'll work. About to ask it'll question. work. What are you doing with your life, David? Just testing my new Face ID feature. Um, it, and it's one of those things where it... Not only does it work as well as Touch ID, but it really is faster than Touch ID. Yeah, you were explaining to me like about how it works with message previews and mm-hmm. purchases like Apple I Pay. I love the message previews. And this previews. is, yes. you know, I think exactly the sort of thing our listener, reader, <laughs> was uh, <laughs> concerned about. So you want to explain how that yeah, works? Yeah, so this is one of my favorite features of the iPhone X. And basically what Apple did a lot of things that took advantage of the fact that it knows when you're looking at your phone and knows that it's you who's looking at the phone. So basically how it used to work before is you could go in app by app and set up do you want it to show a preview of the of. Uh, the notification on your lock screen or not. I don't know that it's app by app. I think it's just overall. This is how it, it, well, it, it used to be this. You can do it app by app because I had messages turned off. Okay. Um, a smart thing to do. Yeah, yeah. a smart thing to do. Uh, you Sometimes you get personal conversations on text messages. You don't want anybody able to look at your phone and see it. Right. So uh, now how it works is and it was this trade-off right because you wanted to be able to look at your phone and see the message without opening up your phone but you didn't want anybody else to be able to doing it so now with face id it knows if you're the one looking at your phone so what it does is if somebody else looks at your phone all they see is you got a notification from this app either right you know either facebook message or text message or whatever when you look at the phone as soon as it identifies your face it then shows you a preview Right, and it's it uh, it unlocks like mm-hmm. it it literally is just. I think there's a little bit of confusion because I just wrote an article on it. There's a little bit of confusion to me in the way the media is is presenting it as like a new feature. It's not a new feature. It's just that with Face ID, it feels like as soon as you look at your text messages, they all present themselves because you look at your phone and it unlocks like that. Mm-hmm. So then, as soon as it unlocks. It doesn't automatically go to home screen. It just presents all of those messages that have been waiting for you. And there's a number of areas in which is, this is, to me, the, the most fun one because it, it, it really, there was a trade-off with old phones you don't have with the new phone right. of other, you have privacy from other people, but you get to see the previews. But in, in a number of ways, it benefits to not have to use Touch ID. So, for example, when you're using Apple Pay, which our listener was worried about, mm-hmm. uh, you used to touch your phone to the device and then put your thumb on Apple Pay. Now all you do is you look at things on Touch ID. Uh, now all you do is you look at your phone and it and it it allow it unlocks it already, so you don't have to use Touch ID. So there's a number of times in using your phone 
iTunes is another example. Whenever you download an app, it made you use Touch ID. Right. It just doesn't require an extra step anymore because that extra step is automatic. It knows you're the one looking at the phone. Yeah, that sounds really handy. Yeah, I've really been impressed by the way they executed it. I didn't expect it to be that polished. No, I, I find it very... It, it's so fast that when it does take a second every now and again, I'm a little perturbed. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that is about as first world problem as you could get. <laughs> yeah. The only time it hasn't worked well for me is I have a dock and if I dock my phone and it's kind of at a lower angle, sometimes it has a hard the time. The lower angle gets me. Yeah, but that's pretty rare. It's pretty consistent. I would say it works as frequently or more frequently than Touch ID. Yeah, I would say it works more frequently and a little faster too. Yeah, because with Touch ID, if you had wet hands, it didn't work and that or was really like, annoying. I get just a little film of dirt over my finger like oil or something yeah. and it wouldn't work yeah if you're cooking or something right okay well face id does sound awesome maybe <laughs> maybe i'll order my phone sooner instead of later so how's it going with navigating your phone without the home button so we have gestures now and this is one thing that i thought was going to take me like a week or two to really uh, relearn the muscle memory of it, but it only took 24 hours because now in order to get to home screen instead of a home button, you just swipe up mm-hmm. and that feels so natural. Like I really, I, I prefer it to the home button, which I think is saying something. Mm-hmm. How about you, David? Um, I think I, so there's pros and cons to me. For the most part, I agree with you. I was surprised at how quickly I got used to it, how little I missed the home button. Swiping up is a very intuitive gesture, and they did it well where they have just a tiny little, like, visual cue for it, so you always kind of know it's there. Uh, The thing that that works pretty well, but I'm a little bit sometimes struggle with, is uh, switching between apps. You do this little mm. like loop-de-loop with your thumb to switch between apps, but it, it, if you do it quickly, it switches to the next the app you used before. If you do it slowly, it pulls up the app launcher. Uh, and I don't, I don't think I've even tried the, what you're talking about. Oh, okay. About. See, because I like open the app switcher. And like find a different app, but I've never just like skipped from one app. Yeah, to you can do it if you move your if you move your thumb I mean, you quickly. Yeah, it's a little bit unintuitive the difference between the two. Hmm. Um, I would say small complaint. It's a it, it's a it's a worthwhile trade off in my opinion. Having a full screen display yeah. for a, a slightly more confusing app launcher is very worth it. Yeah. But that was a downside for me. Yeah, I'll have to try that. Any other navigation issues? Um, I, w- I wouldn't say issues, but you swipe you swipe down from the left to open notifications and from the right to open control center. That was unintuitive. And one thing that some uh, we've heard a lot of people not know about is you don't see, if even if you have battery percentage turned on, you don't see the percentage yeah. at the top. Um, so in order to see that, if you're having that issue, you just have to like bob control center down you don't have to completely open it if you don't want to but it's like a little like bob down and then you'll see the percentage yeah i don't miss siri like i i don't mind siri being on the side that doesn't bother me, me the remembering which side is 
do I swipe from the right for control center and left for the lock screen? That I sometimes forget. It certainly is something I could see somebody owning a phone for a while and not even realizing that. Yeah. So a little bit unintuitive, but also very creative UI as well, I would say. Like, the Apple did a very good job of getting rid of the home button without getting many feature, getting rid of many features and still making it easy to access these features, but there is a little bit of a learning curve there. Yeah. And I am annoyed that I can't see my battery percentage. But ultimately, I would say it's all worth it for the screen. Mm-hmm. Like the screen is a delight. It's yeah. <laughs> and one thing that I kind of forgot about, I was really excited for having a bigger screen on a smaller device, but I forgot that it was OLED and it really is noticeably higher quality screen. Yes. I forgot that too and it is. When I first like powered on my phone and looked at a game mm-hmm. that I often play, the colors were brighter and like more colors you yeah. know what i mean yeah. and we put it I, that's a word yes <laughs> <laughs> i put it side by side with an older phone and you could really see the difference in like the crispness especially if you're reading text because oled does true blacks better hmm. so i i really appreciate that also an under kind of talked about feature in my opinion they have something called true color which basically yeah. Uh, takes into account the lighting you're in and modifies the display to make it a true white no matter what lighting you're in. So a lot of times if you're in a dark room and you turn on your phone, it'll be this really bright kind of blaring blue screen. And now it almost looks like you have your night shift mode on where it'll be a much subtler tone. Uh, So I really like that because it's like the night mode is nice like at a certain time when it's like really dark out. But just having it automatically just adjust to the quality of the light in the room makes a big difference in usability. And it's not like a flashy feature that you would buy a phone for, but it makes a big difference. Cool. All right, let's talk about the important thing. Mm-hmm. How's your selfie game with the new portrait mode? Selfie, okay. ga- selfie game's weak. So this is the thing. <laughs> the camera's too good. <laughs> so... Um... Get comfortable with your pores <laughs> because you can see them all. Um, the selfie portrait mode, I don't know, it's interesting. I feel like there's a lot of room for improvement. The the uh, contour lighting and studio lighting looks nice, but once you go to like the stage lighting, it really looks odd. Yeah. I I completely agree. I think somehow one of the things that Apple did an amazing job on is with the back facing camera, the portrait mode looks authentic. Uh, With the front facing cameras, in my opinion, they aren't there yet. Like I and I have curly hair. It really struggles to crop my hair out properly. (laughs) And so it looks weird and it kind of gets away with it with uh, when you're just doing a normal kind of uh, portrait mode w- version but if you're doing the st- uh the studio lighting is that what it's called that one's okay it's the spotlight ones okay yeah the one where it's, it's black like and white is the one that i struggle with the yeah spotlight is real not um good. so in general those don't crop your hair as well and they're just less forgiving if it messes mm-hmm. it up at all it looks really weird whereas if like a little tiny part of your hair looks a little more fuzzy in a normal portrait mode it doesn't look as weird however if you're the type of person that enjoys taking portraits of other people mm-hmm. um, and you're not like taking a bunch of selfies, I've noticed that the front facing portrait, you really are capturing faces much more realistically, if that makes sense. Like 
it just seems like you're capturing angles in a way that the previous phone couldn't. Well, in general, with portrait mode on the previous versions of the phone, when you can make it work, it was yeah. really nice, but you had to be just the right lighting and just the right distance it's away. A lot. And this this one's gotten easier. You, yeah. The lighting's a little more forgiving. It, the, the camera's better in low light in general, and you don't. It, it just it it works more frequently, and when it works, it's really nice. It, mm-hmm. But when it doesn't work, it's really frustrating. So the fact that it works more frequently is really nice. Yeah, good to know. Um, all right, I want to know what your favorite thing is about your new iPhone 10 and your least favorite thing okay I can go first you look okay, like you're yeah, struggling I mean I I already told you my favorite thing which was the preview mode uh and face ID in general yeah. uh overall I'm just really loving the phone like right. it's faster it's the it's really easy to use the bigger screen uh my least favorite thing two things uh, I would say the thing that I was most excited about was having a the same size screen as the iPhone 7 Plus mm. on a smaller form factor. Exactly. And that's somewhat true, but the dimensions are different. Exactly. So it's not as wide of a screen as the Plus. It's a, it's a longer screen. And I find those dimensions aren't quite as usable. I agree. Yeah. Like it's nicer. It's a much better usability experience than the 7. But the 7 Plus, if I just could pick a perfect screen, like that one was better. Now, the trade-off is worth it because you have a smaller phone. But I expected to not have it be a trade-off. I expected to kind of have my cake and eat it too with that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, my, uh, My second thing is it's a very small complaint, but it keeps bothering me. With the keyboard, underneath the keyboard, they have two buttons. Uh, one is to uh, dictate mode, and the other is to like switch keyboards. Mm-hmm. And when you're holding the device, I tend to type with two hands, and my like hand keeps nicking that, and it keeps bringing it into dictate mode. Has this I happened keep to you? Doing that okay, too. good. It's not just me. I, I I didn't even really. I wasn't even cognizant of it. I was just like, oh, get this out of yeah. here. Yeah. But it, it's like they put it in a place where it's kind of difficult to not do. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. a small complaint, but you, like we were saying before in the lot, other thing, though. you text a lot. It's a major function of your phone, mm-hmm. typing. And I mean, so, do you even talk on the phone anymore? It's all texting. I never What? It, it makes calls? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Uh, so it is annoying. The, yeah. But it, um, it's a small thing, but it does annoy me. Okay. So my favorite, uh, see, the thing is, is my favorite is kind of also like one of my biggest drawbacks because I agree with you that I, I really wish they would have just made it like three millimeters wider and matched the screen because it does bother me. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the flip side of that, having the full screen is gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's so nice. And I also love Face ID, <laughs> um, but there's but there's a drawback too, and I think this will improve as apps update. Mm-hmm. But I have a few apps like I use My Fitness Pal, and at the bottom, the like functions of each menu are they don't work right now. Um, and Ooh, I'm a fellow MyFitnessPal yeah. app user. <laughs> and MyFitnessPal hasn't made an update, which is weird because it's such a popular app. Um, 
So I've had to like work around that by tapping the diary and like going down and manually entering it instead of just doing a quick shortcut. Mm-hmm. So there are like little trade-offs that I think will improve. Um, gosh, the thing I struggle with is if I didn't have this job, I wouldn't have upgraded. Mm. Like I loved my 7 Plus. I think if you're not sold on the iPhone 10, the 7 Plus is was just a fantastic device. Um, but if you're like a fan and you have the money and you love all these little upgrades, it's worth it because you, one, you get to be an early adopter of it and you get to test it out for yourself and like, uh, you know, have fun making opinions and deciding what you like. And the message previews that David mentioned is incredible. Something that surprised me that I like is emojis. Oh yeah. Um, they're surprisingly fun. I thought they would be dumb. Freaking love them. <laughs> They're so yeah. fun. And I irritate my friends with them now. <laughs> so overall, I love it. I'm really happy with it. But I do think that there are certain instances in which it would be worth choosing an older device. See, to me, I, I before the phone came out, I was sort of in your camp of uh, I, it's a great phone. I don't know if it's worth it. But it really surpassed my expectations. Like to me, especially because one of those things everybody talks about, oh, it's $1,000. If you get the 8 Plus, it's like, what, 850 Yeah, if you're going to get the 8, you might as well get the 10. Yeah, and so it's it, it's worth it to me. If like if you're someone who can afford it, uh, right. it's worth it. It's really surpassed my expectations. Uh, last side comment, the notch doesn't bother me. That was one of those things I was worried about. Either. Doesn't yeah. bother me. Cool. All right. <laughs> I think that uh, that pretty much sums up your thoughts on the iPhone 10. Yeah. I think so. Clearly, we're, we're fans. We're fans. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, real quick, before we let you go, make sure you check out iPhoneLife.com slash podcast to see links to our sponsors, see the video version, see the transcription. Uh, go to iPhoneLife.com slash insider to subscribe to insider and iPhoneLife.com slash daily tip to subscribe to daily tip. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Bye.